My dear brothers and sisters, John chapter 4 and verse 24, the Lord Jesus Christ told the woman of Samaria, if you're able to get to the verses that I use in this second assembly, good. If not, I can't wait. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. He is not a corporal being, so our worship is not to be just with corporal things, bodily things, but our worship is to be done with our spirits and his spirit. That's what he told the woman of Samaria. Now, this was nothing truly new if you had read the whole Bible. In Psalm 47 and verse 7, the psalmist had written in that verse, 47.7, For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. That means the Spirit was involved and it was not just the vocal cords in the mouth. We want to sing until it's time to end this assembly. Praises to our God with our understanding. 1 Corinthians 14.15, Paul told the Corinthian church, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. That was true under both Testaments. What pleases God the most is not the verbal noise we make. It's not the melody we form. It's the truth, the doctrine, the praise, the worship, and the thanksgiving that we're conveying by the words from our understanding to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 puts it this way. Let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Though we're singing in that verse, the emphasis is on the grace in our hearts to the Lord, and it's letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom. Those are things that are conveyed by words. And so we want to sing with our understanding and praise the Lord for the things he's done for us. This service is going to be broken into five segments that I hope we can finish on time. You'll be singing in each segment, and I'll have a few words to say from God's word for each segment. This is our goal, is to sing with the understanding and to worship the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy great and glorious name, just as we prayed this morning earlier. Our Father, we thank thee that we know that thou art an eternal, invisible, immortal spirit, and that your worship to be done in a way that you seek is to be done in spirit and in truth. We thank Thee for the truth that You have revealed to us. We shall sing it back to Thee. We thank You for the spirits You've given us and the regenerating power upon those spirits that they love to sing Your praise. Let us form grace in our hearts and sing it unto Thee. Father, receive the worship that we give You this day and we give Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are thankful that we have a great Savior, a Savior that is greater than all our sins. Bless us, Heavenly Father, to honor Him, to glorify Him, and to magnify Him in this assembly. Hear us as we call upon Thee. See us as we worship Thee and bless our efforts. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Baptism identifies us with the Lord Jesus Christ. I preached that in the first assembly. When we were baptized, we took Jesus Christ's name upon us, and we identified ourselves with him by being buried after the manner of his death and burial and being raised from water as his resurrection.
The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26 that the disciples were first called Christians in the city of Antioch, Syria, a few hundred miles north of Jerusalem on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. We want to remember that. And we are Christians today and we're going to sing about that. We're Christians not because we're part of some denomination. We're Christians because we have identified ourselves as the disciples of Jesus Christ. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. You're not a disciple if you haven't been baptized in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and identified yourself as one of his disciples. We want to worship him. He is the head of our church. He's the cornerstone of our building. He is the apostle and the high priest of our profession. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. He is the only Savior. He's our Lord and He's our King. He's our brother and He's our friend. He is our all in all. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah and He's the Lamb of God. And we're going to worship Him in this assembly. And I pray that God will stir up your hearts and minds to sing out and to love Him from your hearts. This is the Lord of glory. The most magnificent, glorious man in the universe. He is the Son of God and He is the Son of Man. He lived in this world like we, but He lived apart from sin. He was spotless and undefiled. And He's glorious in every way of a person for you to love. And He loves us in return. And the love of Christ should constrain you. There were Greeks that came looking for Jesus in John chapter 12. And they ran into a couple of the apostles, but they said... We would see Jesus in John chapter 12, and that's what we want to do right now. We want to see Jesus. We want to exalt Jesus. We want to praise Him by our speaking and our singing. In Matthew chapter 28, at verse 16, Jesus had these words to say before He ascended into heaven. I'm going to read some of the verses from Matthew 28, some from Luke 24, because it's the same event. Matthew 28 and verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. This was a special event. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. They had known him for three and a half years. They had eaten with him three times a day when they had three meals in a day. But they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven And in earth. Now in Luke 24, let me finish this event. Luke 24 and verse 50. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen, is how Luke ends. Amen. They worshipped him, and they were praising and blessing God in the temple. He was parted from them. Angels came and carried him into heaven. And those angels told them in Acts chapter 1, where Luke takes up this account for Theophilus, and said, men and brethren, what are you looking at? This same Jesus that is taken up from you, is going to return. And brother, in a few minutes when we end this assembly, we're going to sing about His return. And we want Him to return. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Revelation chapter 5, if you want to know whether it's right to worship Jesus, 
In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12, I read that this great angelic choir in heaven was saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Wasn't slain for them, was slain for us. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four B said, Amen. Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Savior and our King. Brother Eric, would you come and lead us in the first two songs, please? Find a red hymn book, if you will. Turn with me to number 302. It's come Christians joined to sing Alleluia. And we're going to sing Alleluia a few times. Can anyone help me and remind the congregation what Alleluia means? Praise to God, Jehovah. That's right. That's right. We're going to sing it a few times. And I would encourage you each time you say and sing Alleluia, that you let your mind and you train your mind to utter a prayer and a praise to God while you're saying those words, not let it just be vain repetitions characteristic of the heathen. So let's train our minds to utter a praise to God for something around in the words that we're just singing. Uh, for example, come Christians joined to sing Alleluia. Are you a Christian? Have you taken on that name? Have you given up something to be worthy of that name? So let's utter a praise around that sentence, something like that, when we say Alleluia, etc. for the rest of it. 302.
Life shall not end the strain. Amen. How about 195? Let's sing 195. 195. Joy. each of these little sections with prayer. Uh, so you're welcome to grab one of your bulletins if you have them with you and follow along as Stephen Eastland comes and addresses the Lord before his throne for some of those petitions. Stephen. I'm going to be praying for the business and practical needs and let's bow our heads before our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before Thee. We're thankful that we can call You our Heavenly Father. Yes, it is through Your Son, Jesus Christ, that we have this privilege and can do that. He, you have adopted us, Lord, and we're just thankful for that. We're thankful for your many blessings that you've given us, Lord. Lord, when we think of our business and practical needs, Lord, we have to give thanks to you, for you've been yes. so good to us in yes. so many Amen. ways, Lord. Lord, when we stop and think about it, we know, even this world knows, that this area, uh, the economy is good as in, in this area compared to other parts of our country. Right. Lord, we want to give you the praise and the honor Amen. and the glory Amen. for that, Lord. We're thankful to you for that. Lord, you've provided jobs for us all the days of our life. Lord, you've given us 
Um, you brought companies here for us, dear Lord. You brought Costco here, Lord. We're just thankful for that, Lord. You brought that for employment for saints here, Lord. You've done that. Lord, if you remember last week, which you do, we just want to bring you remembrance. You have blessed businesses here. Our brother Charlie's Fast Class has 22 years here, Lord. You've been very, very good to us, Lord. You've heard our prayers. You've shown that you answer your prayers, dear Lord, and you're kind to us. And we just want to remember that and bring that up to you. And truly, we can say that you are a good Heavenly Father, Lord. You've given us many good, practical gifts here. But Lord, you say we have not because we ask not. And Lord, we are dependent upon thee. And we want to bring before you our needs here, Lord. We thank our brother Ed, Lord, that you'll bring a job for him. Lord, he loves thee. He's bringing his family up to fear you, Lord. You've blessed them in so many ways. Dear Lord, we ask you that you will bring them yet another blessing and give him a job, dear Lord, that will be good for him, that he can uh, better provide for his family, Lord. We look to you. If you don't bless us, Lord, we will not be blessed. We just look to you, Lord, for that. Lord, there's other jobs that are out there. Lockheed has a decision that's coming down pretty soon, Lord. We ask that you'll be an intervention there for the Jones family, Lord. Lord, we are thankful that you intervened for us. Lord, there's other businesses from Fast Glass and Green Tree Care and the Taylor's Day Care. Lord, there's others, Lord, that we look to thee to bless, dear Lord. We look for you. We we know that you give us our daily bread, dear Lord. We just ask that you'll show yourself mighty for us in these areas. Lord, another practical thing that you have given us is the government that we have here. Lord, we are thankful for this government. We're thankful for the peace and the prosperity that we've had for many years, Lord. Yes, and that we've Lord. been able to proclaim your gospel, has been able to be, be proclaimed in this country, Lord. We're thankful for it. And again, it comes from thee. Lord, we pray that you will protect our president physically, dear Lord. And as your word says, we pray that you will turn his heart to ways that are your ways, dear Lord. That is what we pray. We have elections coming up, Lord. We pray that you'll raise up godly men. Or that will do thy will, dear Lord. That is our prayer. We pray that you'll raise up godly men and bless them and put them in office, dear Lord. And we just pray that for those who are not your children, dear Lord, we just pray that you will blind them and make them do things that are good for, for the peace of your people here, dear Lord. We look to you for protection, dear Lord. We just pray that you'll raise up men who will who fear your word and want to lead this country in righteousness, Lord, and have a turning. And, Lord, when we think of that, we just pray that you'll be with each of our families here. They'll love thee and increase the, the, the zeal in their hearts for thee, dear Lord. Lord, we love thee. Help us to look into our hearts and put to death those things, that sin that reigns, dear Lord, and put on those things that are pleasing to thee. We're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. Yes. We're thankful to know that he reigns today. Amen. And uh, we lay this all at your feet and we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. We want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We agree with those Greeks. We would see Jesus. We have identified ourselves with him by baptism. And the more important he is to you, the easier it is to live the Christian life. The more important He is to you, the more full and satisfied your life will be. He is the 
the essence of everything that our souls desire and crave. And if you make him the, and give him the important place in your life that he should have, he will bless you abundantly. The first section of our worship in this second assembly is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I briefly mentioned to you, and I hope that passages like Revelation chapter 5 are delightful to you. I, I hope when I'm on my deathbed, if there's an opportunity, you may read Revelation chapter 5 to me, because that's where I'll be as soon as I take my last breath. Four creatures saying amen. Four and twenty elders casting down their crowns. An angelic choir. All the saints. Everything in heaven and earth. Praising the Lamb and Him that sitteth upon the throne forever and ever. This Savior that we worship in this assembly, we also want to trust. We want to delight in Him We want to have faith and believe everything the Bible tells us about Him. And we want to trust Him for our lives in time and eternity. We want to cast our all upon the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 73, Asaph would say this when he reflected upon the life that he saw around him, the lifestyles of the rich and famous, how that hardly anyone cared about God. It brought him to his knees mentally, and he was about to give up. But he concludes Psalm 73 after he came in to the sanctuary and had an assembly like this. He came to a conclusion that they are soon going to have a great reversal of fortune. And that he will have a great reversal of fortune. He'll be received into God's presence and they'll be cast off. And God will wake up like a man coming out of sleep and tear them. But then he says this, and this is where our hearts need to be in delighting in Jesus Christ, believing on Him and trusting in Him. Verses you know well, but are you practicing them? Are you dead to any other way of living and alive to thinking in the words of Asaph? Psalm seventy-three twenty-five: Whom have I in heaven but Thee? And if we sing anything today about there being anyone else in heaven that you want to see, And we will, because Abraham was gathered to his people. But in comparison, they are nothing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not make an error on that, my beloved brethren. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This is how you should think of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he filling that role in your life? There is no one that can even come close to him. Your spouse, your children, your grandchildren are temporary relationships on loan from heaven. What is important is the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to those words. And ask yourself, in the light of your baptism, that there are things you're to put to death and things that you are to be alive toward. This is what you're to be alive toward. Is Jesus all there is in heaven? And is Jesus Christ all there is on earth for you? That is Psalm 73. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses you know well. The idea that because we know something well, there is no benefit in it, 
No, because we know something well, there is greater judgment for not practicing it. Right. And so when I read to you these verses in Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 19, that you know well, let us remember what the apostle is praying for the church at Ephesus, where he spent a couple of years of his life, our brother Paul, and let us hear the desire of his soul for their souls, and let that desire, that inspired desire that he had for their souls, be the desire of our souls and of our prayers. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ, the Christ we are singing about, and I am speaking to you about, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. The words of the Bible say that it is possible for Gentiles to be filled with all the fullness of God. And it comes by way of knowing Christ at a spiritual level, taught by the Holy Spirit, and convinced and comprehending all the dimensions of infinite love for our souls that pass knowledge. Paul's prayer for the saints at Ephesus, already elect, chapter 1, already born again, chapter 2, already united together in a church, first half of chapter 3. But look what he prays for them. And this should be our heart's desire. And right now we want to lay hold of Jesus Christ by faith and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with the knowledge of His love for us till we are filled with all the fullness of God. Sin will become less the fuller you are of God. Heaven will become more the fuller you are of God because that's the only place you want to be. One more passage, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. Let's hear what Paul desired for himself. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Trusting in Christ is my point. Do you believe on Him? Do you delight in Him? Is all your trust in Him? Is He your everything? Philippians 3, 8. Yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, 
that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Our brother Paul counted all things lost and all things dung that he might know the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an experimental knowledge at the spirit and soul level, empowered by the Holy Spirit to comprehend, as he prayed for the Ephesians, to know the love of Christ, and to have the righteousness of Christ, and to be conformable to his sufferings. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Delight in him. Choose this day to put to to death every other thought you've got, and to lay hold of thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and to delight in Him and trust in Him, as Paul prayed. Let us sing about it. Mark, come and lead us in some singing. I'd rather have Jesus than anything, the songwriter writes. George Beverly Shea. Is that your prayer today? Matthew 13. Thorns and th- oh, not this time Matthew 13, but thorns and thistles can choke us, can choke our love of Christ, can 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 rise cares of this world like it, like in the song earlier earlier today that over the tumult Jesus calls us, but do we hear His call? Is Jesus our only desire? Do we care for Him? With His help, we will, and we won't be happy unless we do. Number 13, please. 13. I'd rather have Jesus.
We love him because he first loved us. He loved us when we were in sin. And he took his sins upon himself. And we should give him that glory back. But let's think about his love for us. 114, please. Jesus
Like that fourth verse, plenteous grace with thee is found, grace to cover all my sin. We need his grace. Brother Ed, would you come lead us in prayer, please? Praise on health and physical needs. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you tell us that if our Father, if we ask our Father, earthly Father, for a piece of bread, he won't give us a stone, Lord. What more can you in heaven, the perfect God, the sovereign God, will do for us? We come to you in that spirit to pray, Lord. We want to thank you first for the wonderful things you've done for us already here, Lord, the protection just last night. That deer could have easily hit the windshield instead of the front of the vehicle. Your protection there. I think of the accident Carrie had. I think it was over a year ago now where you protected her, where she was able to walk out of that crash. You've cured cancer in this church, Lord. You've taken care of broken legs and made them as good or better than they were. You've given us many complete and healthy pregnancies and children, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the unspoken, unsaid, unthought of mercies that you've had for for us physically, Lord, and for our health. But we have other issues, Lord, that we come to you humbly. We ask that your will be done in all these things, not ours, that we understand that you're the sovereign God. All things that happen are by your decision. Think of people in this church who are in a position of being caregivers at this point, Lord, someone that people we usually don't think of to pray for. We pray that you help them to give the care that they need to to their loved ones and for all of us as a church to help in that endeavor. Think of those of us, including myself, getting older, Lord, who are getting older afflictions and that our minds aren't working as well as they used to. I pray that you will help us there so that we can continue to glorify you and pray to you, Lord. Um, King, a long time ago, prayed that you give him more years so he can glorify you, and you gave him 15 more years, Lord. Pray for that. I was a little while ago going to pray for one pregnancy. Now I get the pleasure of praying for two pregnancies, Lord, that uh, you help the ladies get through that and good health, that the pregnancies go well, that you uh, give good, healthy babies to them, but most of all, that they're your children, that they belong to you, Lord. I Pray for those who have diabetes problems, that have fibromyalgia, that are having eye problems at this point, Lord. We just have many physical afflictions going on, a lot of uh, more simple illness, colds and flus, Lord. You can cure those any time that you want. But I pray that we bring glory to you in all those things, that uh, we have a hope that most people don't. We do have the afflictions that the world has, but we know that this is just a short time. No matter what afflictions you may place upon us, that this is a short time on this earth, that you're going to bring us home to be with you in a perfect heaven where we will live forever with you. We will no longer have any of these afflictions or problems. We thank you that no matter what happens here, we can always hold on to that. The Most people on earth think death is the worst thing. We don't. We know that that is the time we go home to you. I pray that your will be done in all these things, that we stay humble, that we keep in mind that whatever affliction we have, it's something that you have given us. And I pray for that in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark and Ed.
Open your Bibles, if you wish, for a moment or two to Solomon's Song. The Song of Solomon. He wrote a thousand of them, we have one of them. We believe that Solomon's Song is a song so that like interpreting a parable, we do not get hung up on the details, but we understand the overriding, the overwhelming, the main lesson. And when we look at Solomon's song, we see it as a love song between Solomon and his wife. He had many wives, but this is a wife that he loved, and a wife that loved him very much. And we see a love song that should provoke us in our marriages to have a marriage that looks like the marriage described in this song. But on the other hand, there is another lesson here. The whole Scriptures declare about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have spoken briefly and considered that we ought to worship Him and that we ought to trust Him. May I tell you now about His beauty. There is no man by any measure that can even be said to be in the shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to sing about it in just a moment. But is the Lord Jesus Christ beautiful to you? It is not enough to know the facts about Him. It is not enough to trust Him when you're in trouble. Do you delight in Him also? Do you find Him beautiful? In Song of Solomon, chapter 1, Verse 7, are these your words wondering where your husband, your lover, your bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ is? Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon, for why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions. The woman in this verse asks to know where her lover is so that she might find him and not waste any time or be distracted or diverted by ending up with any of his companions. There is no substitute for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now my favorite chapter of this book is the fifth chapter. Let me read to you a few verses in it. We're going to sing about Him. And I hope that you'll prepare your hearts as I read these words. We understand this book of the Bible to describe a literal, physical, natural marriage between Solomon and his wife, but also, and equally so, to convey the love that Jesus Christ had for His church. Because, behold, I show you a mystery in Ephesians chapter 5, that the love that Christ has for His church is, in some respects, for us to lay hold of it like a marriage. We are members of His body. We are the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. He loved us and gave Himself for us and sanctified and cleansed us that He might present us to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And we are to submit to Him and to love Him in return. In the fifth chapter, the woman 
the wife, the spouse is in bed. And her husband, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes and approaches. And she's tore up with excitement at the thought of being with him and of intimate love and fellowship. But then he withdraws himself. And she chases him. And she cannot find him. And he does that to us sometimes to see if we will pursue him. And she is confronted and said, what are you looking for? Why can't you settle for what everyone else settles for? And she says, you don't know my beloved. Let me tell you a little bit about him. This is Song of Solomon chapter 5. And if you're, if you're taking notes on what you read to me, in a day that's coming soon enough, you can add Song of Solomon 5 to Revelation 5. And I hope this is the prayer of your hearts, and I hope this is the full and only prayer of my heart. I do not mind being a bride when my husband is the High King of Heaven. Song of Solomon 5, verse 2, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister. My love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved. My hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved. But my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved, that ye tell him that I am sick of love. What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? What is thy beloved more than another beloved? that thou dost so charge us. My Jesus, my beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips, like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with the burl. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble, set upon sockets of fine gold. 
His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Matthew, please, let's sing and praise the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please open your burgundy hymnals to 425. If the Lord Jesus Christ, our husband, has hinted to you at his presence today, we ought to seek him. We ought to seek him diligently. And if we don't, it's not his fault. He is altogether lovely. Amen. This is a minor. And if we sing it too slow, it's going to sound like a funeral dirge. So it's not. It's a, it's a joyful song about our great Savior and husband, Jesus Christ. Oh, that...
what is thy beloved? Is he any better than the other beloveds that are out there? Let's flip back a page and sing a few more verses. Song to the same name, 424. Different words, different tune. for the spiritual needs of our church. Holy Father, in the name of that beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before Thee and we cast ourselves at Thy feet and ask for that mercy and grace that our brother Paul prayed for the saints at Ephesus and that he declared to the saints at Philippi about the desires of his own soul that he might know the Lord Jesus Christ that he might be found in him, not having his own righteousness, but the righteousness which is of the faith of Christ, and that, Heavenly Father, he might know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge, that by the strength of the Holy Spirit we might be empowered in our inner man to know the dimensions of that love for us until we are filled with all the fullness of God. Heavenly Father, we pray for revival, not at any mourner's bench, not so much in public assemblies, but revivals in our heart where we would love the Lord Jesus Christ more and live unto Him and yield our members as instruments of righteousness unto Thee, and that we would hate sin and mortify those members in our bodies 
and put them to death so that we look like his death for sin and that we would be dead to this world, dead to its lifestyle, that we would take up our cross daily and follow him. Heavenly Father, let revival start in our hearts. Heavenly Father, stir us up and lift us up and set our affection on things above, namely on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Let us consider his beauty. Let us delight in his glory. Let us praise his power. Let us sing of his loving kindness. Let us look for his coming. Let us wait for him as watchmen wait for the light of the morning. That we would be waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to appear. Heavenly Father, wean us, save us from the distractions, the delights, the infatuations and the soap bubbles and the vanity of this world. That we would spiritually be lifted to a higher plane. That we would love thee more than we did an hour ago. Yea, that we would increase in that affection more and more each day. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you will build your churches around the earth that meet in sincerity and truth, that humble themselves before thy word, that seek thy spirit and glorify Christ, that hate compromise and hate those who turn their ears away from truth and desire fables, that have a form of godliness without any power, that are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Bless them. And we pray that you would bless pastors that have a true calling from the Lord Jesus Christ and who love thy word, that you will stir them up and multiply their gifts and make them mighty before their congregations to feed them with knowledge and understanding. And we pray that you would raise up more such men. And we would pray that you would raise up some from our midst, that we might see them and know that your hand is upon them, that you have separated them from the other callings of life to preach the word. Heavenly Father, show us your power. Show us your mercy and raise up men that would defend the truth of the gospel. Our Father, these things we lay before thee. We have needs, business and practical. We have needs in health and physically. But Heavenly Father, our spirits are what count the most. And we pray that you would strengthen us in our inner man in the way that we have read already. And that you would lead us in paths of righteousness. That you would make us go in the way of your commandments. That you would incline our hearts away from covetousness and toward thee. That you would enlighten our eyes. That we might know the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. That we might know the power that was shown toward us that believe. Even the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. O Lord, hear us. See the desire of our hearts. That we are not praying for bigger or better houses. Bigger or better automobiles. Or things natural but we are begging Thee for spiritual blessings to know and love our Savior better and to worship Thee more perfectly. Hear us as we call upon Thee. In Jesus' name, Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. A brother has already prayed 
that death may be the most fearful thing to the world. If our hearts are right, it's the best thing for us. Paul said it is far better to depart and be with Christ than to be left here. When we look in the Bible, and we start way back in the book of Genesis, we see that men like Abraham, when they died, it tells us they gave up the ghost. We are three-part beings. We have a body, soul, and spirit. And our spirit, or the ghost, that's why he's called the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, that spirit part of us leaves and goes to heaven. Our body goes to sleep. It's laid in the dust of the earth. It returns to dust. It'll be raised again shortly and turned into a glorified body, which we will inhabit for eternity. The spirit goes to be with the Lord. With the Lord is the company of all the saints. It's the whole family of God that I referred to from Ephesians chapter 3, where Paul said the whole family in heaven and in earth. God is the father of them. It says of Abraham, he was gathered to his people. It says of Isaac, Jacob, and others, they gave up the ghost, spirit went to heaven, body went to the ground, they personally were gathered to their people. It is called in Hebrews chapter 12, the spirit of just men made perfect. We have two thoughts before we end today. This is the next to the last. This is the one that if we die, we get to go be with the Lord Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is instantly to be present with the Lord. To be present with the Lord is also to be present with an innumerable company of angels. Hebrews 12. The spirits of just men made perfect. The redeemed relatives in your family tree that have gone before you, gathered to our people in heaven for a family reunion of the greatest sort, to celebrate together around the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says this. The Bible encourages you with this. The great delight of our souls, though, is to go to heaven to see the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to check out David's sling. We want to get to heaven to see the son of David and his glorified wounds. But brethren, death is a good thing. Yea, death is a sweet thing for those who have their trust in Him. The Lord Jesus Christ has conquered death. He's alive forevermore. Let's sing about it. Daniel, would you come and lead us in two songs, please? 1 Peter 2.1 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Amen. With that being said, let's go ahead and turn to in your Burgundy Hymnals, number 239. I am a
Amen. Amen. No, I was sitting back there. I was wondering, maybe we should get, maybe we should sing the last verse first, talking about, oh, I'm going there to see my Savior. Of course, we're going there to see our brothers, fathers, and others who have gone before us. But anyway, yeah. All right. And if you will, also turn in your burgundy hymnals to 345. to worship Christ, trust in Him, see His beauty, and know that death is how we go to Him. Is there anything else? He could come for us so that there would be no death. The Bible ends with the words, Oh, come, Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. And that ought to be the prayer of our hearts. It has been the theme of our brothers and sisters for 2,000 years since the gospel of Jesus Christ, to think upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says this about that church that was in Thessalonica, Greece. They themselves show of us, the apostles wrote, what mannering of entering in we had unto them, 
and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Is that a full verse? The Thessalonian saints waited for Jesus Christ to come from heaven, whom God had raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. It is this same church that Paul wrote to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 13 through 18 described the second coming of Jesus Christ with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and a shout. And the dead in Christ would be raised first. And when he gets to the end of that description that we delight in, he said in the 18th verse, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And today, we have learned from Romans chapter 6 in the first assembly that we ought to be dead with Christ to this world, its lifestyle, and our sins. And that we ought to be alive unto God through Jesus Christ by our resurrection from true water baptism, which is always and only immersion showing a death, burial, and resurrection. But once we come up out of that water, we are looking forward to the resurrection and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should comfort one another with these words. It is these words and our thoughts upon the second coming of Jesus Christ that would keep us like the saints described in the New Testament. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul would further say to this same church, after he has spoken in ten verses of the coming of Christ, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, it tells us, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 tells us, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a life-changing mystery. The world doesn't have a clue about it. They do not have a clue what happens after death. They do not have a clue about the future of the universe. They talk about global warming as if over the next hundred years it's global warming if the temperature of the earth goes up one-eighth of a degree. The temperature of this earth is going to rise instantaneously to fervent heat and melt everything on this planet when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. But we will be with Him and we will be admiring Him in that day because we believed His gospel, which is the evidence of our election of God. This is a life-changing thought. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear, it doth not yet appear, what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Amen. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, 
even as he is pure. This is a purifying, sanctifying, life-changing thought. We have covered that we ought to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to trust him. We ought to see his beauty. We ought to understand that death takes us to him. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But there's one thing better. Let's pray for his coming. Can you sing as if you'd like him to come before you face death? He will come for some that are alive and remain unto his coming. May Jesus Christ be glorified. Eric, come and lead us. You may now turn to your handouts, and Eric will lead us. Let's pick the full page one first. It's uh, when we see Christ. We're about to sing in the chorus, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. So let's sing this song thoughtfully. And uh, especially when we get to those parts, there's a fermata there, it will be worth it all. And let's consider ourselves and ask ourselves if we're in the company of the saints and martyrs who have gone before us. And if we're in the company of our brother, Apostle Paul, who said that uh, we suffer a light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory. So let's make sure we're in his category because the prophecy says all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If he doesn't ask us to go through physical pain, at least, at least, at least. Give him up the opportunity to sin here. At least give him holiness and a righteous life. Right. When we see Christ.
Next handout. Christ returneth. First thing this morning, Grandma Marie Crosby wanted to, she seemed a little disappointed. And she says, Christ hasn't come back yet today. I was hoping he would this morning. And Tim Weir and I said, well, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. So let's sing Christ returneth. It may be at morn. Stand with me, if you will. Let's sing. It may be at morn. 